Hey everyone, it's Cassie. And this is Chrissy. And this is Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy. So a lot happened this week in the NBA between the draft, trades, injuries, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But some immediate takeaways from the draft. We had Anthony Edwards going first to the Timberwolves. James Wiseman went second to the Warriors. And LaMelo Ball went third to the Hornets. So a few things. Um, back to what I was saying about injuries with the unexpected news of Clay Thompson's injury that I'll go into further detail with soon. Um, I think people thought that it would alter the Warriors pick, but I do think they got who they wanted with Wiseman. And then with Mello going to the Hornets, it definitely shuts down the idea of Russell Westbrook potentially going to Charlotte. Also, shout out to the Ball family for making history. In 2017, Lonzo, the oldest Ball brother, went second in the first round of the draft. And this year, Mello, the youngest Ball brother, went third. So they made history as brothers. LeVar Ball, their father, has made history for being the icon that he is. So I love that for them. Also, I think watching Michael Jordan and LeVar Ball in the same city, the same arena, would be very interesting. I know, I was watching about that. Aren't they supposed to play, like, one-on-one? I saw, like, all these, like, memes with them. <laughs> they are supposed <laughs> to play one-on-one. That's what I'm most excited for, like, before the draft. Because I remember I saw a tweet before the draft, and it was like, oh, like, if Melo falls, like, to Charlotte. Meanwhile, it was only, like, pick three. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then it happened. That's the first thing I thought of. I would pay money to watch that. I would, I would too. It's just so interesting. I think because after all these years of like LeVar talking a lot of like talk, you know, <laughs> yeah, like seeing him play, it's either going to be like funny or like, oh, okay. It would definitely be hilarious. That's why I want to see it. I think it would be so funny. If they do it, they have to like monetize it though. Cause so many people are going to watch it. Yeah. That's the only way. It's the ball way. I I really think. LeVar Ball gets a lot of heat for the way that he is. And I get it. He's very, um, he just has obnoxious. a lot of- <laughs> No, he's obnoxious. He's a good father, but he's obnoxious. He was a fantastic father. And that's, that's honestly all I see. Like, I understand he, his character can be very overpowering in a lot of spaces. But listen, the proof is in the pudding. Two out of three ain't bad. Oh, no, I like LeVar. I feel like I'd vibe with him. Like, I feel like our personalities would really, like, mesh together. Mm-hmm. But he's obnoxious. Like, he, I can see why people, like, like I annoy people. Like, you either love me or hate me because I'm just, like, very, like, <laughs> like, I'm very, like, outgoing, you know? So you either, like, love me or hate me. But, like, LeVar is, like, very outgoing, but he can be obnoxious. I think when it's on, like, a, like, national televised scale, like, when he does some interviews, like, I feel like sometimes, okay, like, you can rein it back, buddy, but, like, not all the time, but he really is a good father. Like, he always has their best interest in mind, and he told everyone, he's like, look, and now I feel bad for Jello. He's the only brother, but isn't he, like, on a G League team or something? I haven't heard any updates about Jello in a while. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I think that incident that happened overseas in Asia was just the nail in the coffin. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, that kind of ruined everything for him. But because when then he went overseas and all that. But I read something yesterday 
because I was looking at them, and it said, I think he was signed to, like, Oklahoma's G League. I don't know if he still is, but it was like, oh, two in the NBA, one with the G League, this, that. If that's the case, then congratulations to him. I, I just think, you know, even even with the G League, like, being having three kids signed to a team or two kids in the NBA, like, that – I I know he is just so overjoyed right now. You know, Having, like those, those fathers that like Lavar that are just very um, cocky because they're kids, which is cool. But then they have those those moments where those layers kind of peel back, and you see a more sensitive side because they're just like, "Wow, hold on, I'm really proud." Like you put kind of the charades to the side and just show a more vulnerable side of like I'm really proud of my kid yeah no I agree with you and I think having just three kids go d1 and like good d1 schools obviously like Jello's got cut short but the fact that they're all in like d1 also Jello is on um OKC's G League team okay well congrats to Jello yeah so I mean all three of them are with an NBA franchise which is crazy that's never happened before Nope. Weren't they the first? Um, I saw something about Lonzo and Melo. Like, the first brothers drafted in, like, the top first, three. Yeah, like, top three, top three, yeah. Or something like that. It's yeah, crazy. good for them. And then their mom. Oh my God, Miss Tina. Yes. She's so sweet. I, so sweet. I loved their show. I would, like, watch it every week. Like, I was, like, an avid show watcher. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up, too. Like, that's how I think everybody else got to see how she was as a mom because we're so used to just seeing LaVar in the spotlight. But Miss Tina's so sweet. Oh, my God. Literally my favorite. I love her. Also, I do have to say, there are three brothers, you know, associated with the NBA. The Atentacumba brothers. Um... Yanis is with Milwaukee, Thanasis is with Milwaukee, and then Costa is with the Lakers, I think two-way contract, but he was there for the finals. So it's very interesting because they also have another brother, Alexandros, and he plays overseas because he's hoping to enter the draft next year. So you could potentially see four brothers in the NBA at the same time which I love because I love them as a family. Like, I love watching their videos. I love how they have Greek accents. Like, that's, like, my favorite thing. And then, like, just their videos. Like, I'm very excited about that because they all seem so nice and close. But it's definitely going to be interesting. Four brothers in the same league. Like, NFL, you see three. You've seen that before. Like, imagine, like, being their mom and having four (laughs) of your sons play in the NBA. I'd be so overwhelmed. It's like, who do you root for, you know? Right, exactly. I always wonder that. I'm like, who are you rooting for? At least two of them are on the same team. But, like, what if they play each other? Like, I would just, like, you know those shirts that you can split in half? (laughs) Yeah. I do, like, half one team, half the other. Yeah, it's always fun watching siblings go against each other. So I'm looking forward to see... Lonzo and Melo face off. I did see somewhere that Lonzo's pretty confident in going up against Melo since he's familiar with his game. So that's going to be fun to watch. 
Also, I do have to add, if I had to go up against my sibling, I would cry. Because growing up... No, I would. It's happened before. Oh, my God. Growing up, me and my sister... I mean, my mom threw us in every sport, but the one we were most into, we did Taekwondo for, like, every day. We were obsessed with Taekwondo. And during sparring, our master was like, oh, you guys have to spar each other. And I'm like, great. My sister, if, like, you guys don't know her, but she's, like, very, like, aggressive. Like, she terrifies me. Like, she's very nice, but, like, I would not want to spar with this girl, okay? So we had a spar. And she was just hitting me and hitting me. And, like, it's your sister. So you're going to go harder than you would with a regular person, you know? Right. (laughs) I start crying. I'm like, I'm not about to fight back. She just keeps hitting me and hitting me. Like, she's going against the rules of sparring, number one. Number two, (laughs) she's just going, like, she's being, like, really tough on me just because she's my sister. Which now I get that I'm older, but when you're 13, I started crying and he had to separate us and we never sparred against each other ever again. Oh, God. (laughs) No, my older sister is definitely um, a lot more athletic than I am. Like, she's in the gym every day. I am not. (laughs) Like, she's a lot physically stronger than me. So, yeah, I would be kind of scared. That's how my sister is. She's just like, you know, like just like way stronger naturally and like i guess she's not afraid like i was just like no i don't want to do this and she was like going in i started crying like literally i sat on the floor and just cried i just felt the need to say that because if i was playing against my sibling on a professional game like i would be catty it's like it's more fun like you said you you go harder because you know it's your sibling exactly but like my sister would literally get called for 20 fouls in one game. Like, on Thanksgiving, not this year, because there was no Thanksgiving for my family this year, but me and the cousins, like, we usually played, like, touch football. My sister tackles, though. Like, she's, like, doesn't leave me alone. And I'm like, Steph, like, seriously? She's really nice, though, guys. I don't want you guys thinking she's not nice, but she's just, like, it's just, like, when it's your sibling. So I'm interesting to see that. I know siblings have tr- played each other before, but I feel like, feel like we're like Lonzo and Mello. I don't know. I feel like it might be like more entertaining, like a little more spicy, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll see. So as I mentioned earlier, um, Clay Thompson suffered an injury and it was a lot more severe than I'm sure any of us were prepared for. He's out for the season with a torn Achilles. Now, this is really, really upsetting. The initial report was that he suffered an injury, and that was the night before we knew the severity of it, and something just told me, like, this just doesn't seem good because he just recovered from um, an injury on his left ACL. So to see that there was a right leg injury, it's like, oh, this isn't good. But knowing that it's your Achilles, like, that's very, very devastating. It's probably one of, if not the worst injury for an athlete. Yeah, I was going to say, once I saw that, I was kind of like, because he, not too long ago, like, he, like, just recovered from an injury not too long ago. And it's different if it was, like, his first injury. But I think as you keep getting injured, especially, like, major injuries, like, this isn't just, like, oh, he sprained his ankle, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a major injury, and, I mean, I feel bad for him, like, so bad, because obviously he wants to play, but on the other hand, like, you have to think, like, it takes a toll on your body, the recovery process, you know, like, I know he'll be back, but 
also like mentally like it'll take a toll on him like i just feel so bad like it really sucks well that's what kind of what i was thinking about like when you said you know he's gonna come back i'm curious to see what type of comeback he'll make because let's think about it well at least like with kd we don't know yet how what his come comeback is going to be because he hasn't returned yet so he tore his achilles in the finals in 2019 the same series where clay hurt his left acl um so we're we'll still see like how he recovers but in the past athletes who have this injury just don't come back the same like Kobe tore his Achilles in 2013. Um, Isaiah Thomas, Pistons Isaiah Thomas, not like current league Isaiah Thomas, um, was 13 years in when he injured his Achilles. And then in 2013, um, Drexel University here in Pennsylvania actually did a study on athletes who suffered Achilles injuries from 1988 to 2011. And of the 18 players that were documented, seven never played again and that's a large chunk that's almost half but also there have been advancements in sports medicine so that time frame being used for the study has to be taken into account but still you know I was gonna say I think he'll come back but the question is for how long Mm -hmm. like obviously you know obviously he's gonna come back but I always wonder I'm like he might you know just like call it like it's just like I guess you'll have to see how it goes because he can play and then not get another injury. Like, you never know, but it's just, like, horrible. Like, let's see, let's see how long his career is. That's what I think. Like, I don't think anyone has to worry about him coming back. It's more of, like, also, like, mentally, like, I don't know. He's probably, like, frustrated right now. He's probably thinking, like, do I even want to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a lot. But it just seems very... Outside of the physical, it seems emotionally taxing. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I bet you he thought, do I really want to do this? And then on the other hand, he's like, no, like, I have to. Right. Um, I want to read the results from that study that I just mentioned. So it says, this is verbatim from that study. At the time of injury, the average age was 29.7 years, average BMI was 25.6, and average playing experience was 7.6 years. Seven players never returned to play an NBA game, whereas 11 players returned to play one season, with eight of those players returning for more than or equal to two seasons. Players who returned missed an average of 55.9 55.9 games. The PER was reduced by 4.57 in the first season and by 4.38 in the second season. When compared with controls, players demonstrated a significant decline in the PER the first season and second season after their return. Yeah, you see less than two years or whatever that's what i'm saying he's gonna come back but he might be like no like it's just not the same or i just like who knows how he's gonna feel so if kd first of all when kd comes back if his game 
this is hard. It's not going to be the same. His game isn't going to be the same. Okay, my, my thoughts are scattered. But I'm just thinking because, like, I was having a conversation similar to this a few days ago with um, Katie's return from his Achilles injury. And <clears throat> a friend and I were saying, even if he, quote-unquote, underperforms, and I use that term very lightly because it's Kevin Durant, even if he underperforms, he would still be above par. I have that same kind of confidence in Clay. So I'll kind of gauge my confidence in Clay's return based off of Kevin this season. Yeah, you see, I think KD, like, I feel like his game is not going to be too far off from what it was. I don't know why. I just have a feeling. I think he's going to go out there and be like, yeah, that's KD. I hope so. I do hope so. Also, Clay's still very young. Like, he's very, very young, Clay Thompson. Um, And like I said before, sports medicine is a lot better than what it used to be, so he does have that on his side. But he literally just recovered from tearing the ACL on his left knee. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he literally just recovered. So if he gets hurt again, like, I think it's clipped. Because, like, you can take care of yourself. He can make a full recovery. You know, he's young, but, like, you cannot prevent and you can prevent some injuries, but you cannot prevent like an ACL injury or like your Achilles injury. You know, those are very hard to prevent. So if he gets injured again, God forbid, like knock on wood, like I hope he never gets injured again. But it's just like difficult. Like it's sports, it's unpredictable. And it sucks that he just recovered. That's like I think that's like the major thing. This isn't his first like injury that he had to recover from. Right. So you think that like his chances are still good, even having two of the most gruesome injuries an athlete can sustain. Yeah, but it just, we have to see how, like, his mental is, like, does he really want to do all this? I mean, he does, but, you know, if he gets back and something happens, you know, it really just, like, depends. Like, we will never know until it it happens, like, you know? Yeah. This is really annoying. I really like Clay Thompson. I think everybody does. He's one of the most likable men in the NBA. I always think about the video of him. A Manhattan, a news reporter interviewed him. <laughs> and a news reporter interviewed him and he pretended like, you know, he was just like from New York, like walking on the street and everyone was like watching. It was like, that's Clay Thompson. And like the woman had no idea. He acted like he was just like this random person answering her like interview questions at like Rockefeller Center. It was so good. I remember that. Hilarious. I also think about um, him signing the toaster, giving (laughs) (laughs) an autograph on a toaster. (laughs) yeah no that's funny yeah so i hope he makes a full recovery and you know doesn't get injured again right all the best for clay he deserves if anybody deserves well wishes and all the best it's clay thompson true we do have one splash brother left i mean we have steph he's still set to come back this season god willing i hope nothing happens it's crazy because wasn't it just last episode i was talking about steph and the warriors and how when everybody gets back together like it's a wrap and these other teams (laughs) better watch out because 
They're so quick to forget. Mm. You did say that. I did. <laughs> I mean, but I did not see this coming. Like, this is very, um, it's upsetting me and my homegirls. This is <laughs> horrible. No, it is, it's horrible. The Warriors yeah. were supposed to have these other teams shaking in their boots. And I just don't see that happening. Anymore. Even with Steph. Yeah, me either. Because as much time has gone on, like, other teams are getting better as well, you know? Like, so many teams made moves. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, like, the Warriors, like, back in it, as you can say. But I'm not too worried. So both of our teams had some pretty memorable trades this week. But I want to start with the books. I would like to start with the books. So we have Eric Bledsoe, gone. George Hill, gone. Three first-round picks. And pick swaps are involved in this deal. For Drew Holiday, was it worth it? Go. Okay. I'm kind of speechless right now. (laughs) So, okay. Let's let's set the scene. (laughs) So, a couple seasons back, the Bucks. We have Malcolm Brogdon, my prized possession of a point guard, and Eric Bledsoe. And the Bucks are like, hmm, we don't really need two point guards. Let's get rid of one of them. <laughs> so they get rid of Malcolm Brogdon, which <laughs> this is where the downfall started. <laughs> they keep Eric Bledsoe. Hmm, I'm thinking, interesting choice. Don't agree with it one bit because Eric Bledsoe's not bad, but he's not the greatest either. He's Nothing special. He's good, but he has nothing special. Malcolm Brogdon, on the other hand, had something to him. So I'm like, okay, so I'm hurt by that. But I'm like, we can make it work with Eric Bledsoe. Fast forward, they go to Eric Bledsoe. I'm like, yes, but at what price, right? Quite a high price. <laughs> I'm like, yay, Drew Holiday. And then I see. And I'm like, wow. It really shocked me at first. Three first-round picks. Three. 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 That that's a lot. So then I'm overwhelmed. I'm mad. I'm like, why would they do this? Like, no, like, no shade to Drew Holiday. He's really good. I'd prefer him over Eric Bledsoe, but like why? So then I'm thinking, ah, you know what? The trade's not over. Like, we'll get I thought we were gonna get a pick back through another trade. I really did. I was like, no, we'll make another trade. We'll get someone else's first round pick. So now it'll be like we lost two or something like that, you know? Right. No, that did not happen. And then, oh, getting a little flustered here. So then I'm like, Yanis must have been like, if you don't get me these, like, if you don't get me these players, then I'm not signing uh, the max contract. That's what I'm thinking. So like, okay, yeah, we'll do anything. Give away three first round picks. So then we don't get the picks back. So now I'm over here, like, literally, like, shaking and sweating because, like, we gave a lot for this man. And then. They're like, oh, you got Bogdan from Sacramento. And I'm like, oh, okay, Drew Holiday, Yannis, Bogdan, Lopez, and Middleton. Like, that's a great starting five. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Um, And then they're like, no, Bogdan's not going to the Bucks. And I'm like, whoa, 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 like what? Like, excuse me? So then I see a tweet. The NBA has, oh, because Bogdan, oh, this is the kicker. Bogdan never agreed to go to Milwaukee. I mean, why you wouldn't go to Milwaukee is beyond me. Because I feel like 
any player would want to run to Milwaukee, but that's not my business. They, <laughs> whatever, whatever. But Bogdan never agreed. Like, like he never told Sacramento, like, yeah, I'll go. So then I come across a tweet. Oh, my gosh. The NBA has opened an investigation of the reported transaction involving Milwaukee and Sacramento that was to send Bogdan Bogdanovich to the Bugs via sign and trade after Friday's scheduled start of free agency. They arranged a sign and trade, this, that, and the other, but then it says that um, Bogdan had not agreed to the contract terms at the core of the sign and trade. So he wanted to proceed with restricted free agency on Friday. And on Thursday, the Bucks waived Ilyasova um, for Bogdan. So, Jesus. yeah, we, we did a lot of damage with that one. <laughs> you know what? Shout out to Drew Holiday. I'm excited to have him as my point guard. I can't even muster <laughs> the words of what we gave up for him. The three, I understand like trading the players, but three first round picks, three. I feel like a lot of people are glossing over that. And I don't like that. Like, okay, I'll admit, I was confused. I still am confused. And that's no shade. Again, no shade to Drew Holiday. I am just very confused at the price for Drew Holiday. But, but, in the same breath, I think I was humbled because um, just paying attention to everything that was being said these past few days, um, I do agree that he is underrated and is still a really good point guard and will serve his purpose in Milwaukee, especially next to Giannis. I get that. I do. But three – did we? Did you have to give three first-round picks for this? I'm telling you, anything – you know what? He's way better than Eric Bledsoe, which we're not even bad with Eric Bledsoe. Now, imagine with Drew Holiday. Number two – this is the price you have to pay to have Yanni's because Yanni sat them down. He said, I want roster changes. I want this. I want that. However, Bogdan's kind of messing up our plan right now because I think if we would have had Bogdan, we would have been like, fine, not fine, but like, you know, like, okay, I get it. I see the vision. But now it's like, who are we going to get? And mind you, I was really sitting there mad at first and I was like, no, we're going to get a pick back. And we didn't. Like, we really gave away three first-round picks, and we didn't get them back from anyone. Like, we didn't make a trade where we gained one. So, it's very interesting to me. I'm excited with Holiday, but now I'm just, like, a little bit lost. Because now Yanni's has signed, and then it's, like, which I'm not worried about. But, like, who's the other player? Who are we going to fill in? We literally got rid of everyone. We waived people. Oh, it's very overwhelming. Like, my teams can never cut me a break, like, <laughs> and that's a fact. Oh, I'm, so, I'm glad you're confident in Giannis signing that Supermax because for all of this, I would hope that there's oh, yeah, no I always say I'm confident in him signing the Supermax this time around. I always say next time around, like, once that contract is up, we have to see what happens. Like, I can see him going to a different team, just not this time around. Um, Yeah, we'll see. It's the... I support Drew. Three first-round picks, he better do backflips while dribbling the ball. I don't know. But I I see why. Like, he's better than Butzel, but I feel like that's a – they I feel like they must have known that's what I'm that saying. the Bucks really wanted him because the fact that they would even suggest three first-round picks and the players for him, they must have known that, like – they must have got inside saying, like, no, the Bucks need Drew Holiday, you know? Yeah, because I'm like, 
they're really confident that Drew is the person that Giannis needs right now. And we did have a conversation a few episodes ago. Remember when we were talking about, oh, like, what if Jimmy Butler went to the Bucks? Like, could he yeah. be, like, the right-hand man? Obviously, we knew that wasn't going to happen. We're just entertaining it. But it looks like they think that Drew is that guy. Yeah, and, I mean, they knew the, but they knew the Bucks needed him, so they – they definitely took advantage of the Bucks position 1000%, which hey, good for them. But Bogdan just messed this whole thing up. It was going great. So, whatever, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll check back in next week. Let's <laughs> see where we stand. I'm not I'm not too worried. It's literally just a three first round picks that just like keep like like poking their head in and I'm just like, ugh, you know? It's in my head in caps. Yes. In That's why I'm caps. like, okay, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. And then it's like, no, three first round picks. And you're like, yeah. And we have like one player to show for it, really, if you think about it. Oof. And we waived people for Bogdan. Like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Since you say that, since you say that, Kendrick Perkins said that the Bucks have the best starting five in the league. What do you think about that? Right, this season or like they're gonna yeah, have right now. Well, uh, I think Giannis is the best player in the NBA. I don't care. He often he won MVP and defensive MVP. Giannis is the best. He hasn't been in there. He's just getting his career started. If you think about it, I think the Bucks created a really good team around Giannis. That like, I think as a franchise they are. I don't know. I wouldn't say they're the best starting five because, like, if you're talking about, like, last year's starting five, like, I, I'm not a fan of Eric Bledsoe. Like, everyone knew that. I really like Lopez, and I really do like Chris Middleton. The thing is, the Bucks choked in the playoffs, so mm-hmm. that's their issue. If they never choked in the playoffs, I don't think they're the best starting five. Do they have potential to be? Yes, they do have potential to be. Maybe, I think when they showed, like, like, after the trade, they showed, like, we had, like, Yanis, Chris, um, we had like Bogdan, Holiday, and then Lopez. Like that team, yeah, that has potential to be the best starting five in the NBA. Yeah, that's when he so, was like speaking in reference yeah, to like went before yeah, the Bogdan. <laughs> the yeah, one thousand percent. If that was our first starting five, yeah, they have the potential to be the best. You never know until you see them play. But when I saw that was our starting five, and I'm like, yeah, take the three draft picks. I literally think that could have been the best starting five in the NBA, but now we have to see how they fill in this spot with Bogdan. Like, that's very interesting. Like, I'm just so concerned about it. Like, who are we going to fill in that spot with? But I think they could be because Giannis makes everyone around him better, and they're not a selfish team. Like, I really think they could be good. Once they got, like, now that they have Drew Holiday, a way better point guard, like, I'm excited. And I feel like nobody can really speak on it until we see them play. Like, yeah. I don't like when people – yeah, I don't like when people speak prematurely. I can see them potentially, like, having the potential to be the best starting five is what I'll say. That was incredibly premature. Like, and he said it with conviction, and I was just kind of like, Ooh. Yeah, no, he should have said, like, the potential. Like, because you always have to see how people play, you know? Like – that's why I'm not going to get, like, too far ahead of myself or whatever. But, yeah, so all in all, in conclusion, I hope we fill that Bogdan spot up good because we need it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the same way the Bucks had you shook, the Sixers did that for me. Somehow, some way, 
Daryl Morey found a way to get rid of Al Horford. Now, that is something I know the majority of Sixers fans were waiting for. Like, if you know any Sixers fan, if you follow any Sixers fan on social media, then you know. If there's one thing we were going to complain about during a game, it was Al Horford. If it wasn't Al, it was Tobias. If it was Tobias, it was Ben. But he was definitely high on that list of complaints. So, like, I'm, I'm very serious. Like, it, it never failed. And no, I know. So, honestly. I follow you. <laughs> right. Rightfully so. So, the Sixers had to give up the 34th pick at this year's draft and a first-round pick in 2025 in the deal. And then, in return, Sixers got Danny Green and Terrence Ferguson. Um, and then, Al is going to Oklahoma City. Before I get into more Al Horford, First to Danny Green, he was catching a lot of hell almost every day as a Laker, so I am praying for him when he comes to Philly because Philly fans can be brutal, but I will say most of the time it comes from a place of, like, reason. So I don't know Philly fans to be mad for no reason. You know what I mean? It's just that when we're mad, it can get really, like, uncomfortable for the other person. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) And there are some people who don't agree with that approach, like Al Horford's siblings. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm better run. (laughs) So his sister, Anna, his brother as well, but most of the attention was on Anna. She let Twitter know exactly how she felt as soon as the news came out that Al was going to OKC. And this isn't anything new. Um, she's always been very vocal about the way she feels about Philly fans in regards to how they talk about Al. Let me read you some of these tweets. Ooh, child. Let me pull out the screenshots. Okay, so she said, pretending to f*** with Philly was exhausting the most miserable fans in the NBA. And then she also posted some screenshots of things that Philly fans were saying to her, which were terrible, the things that were said. They were bad. Um, also, what else? Let's see. She said, Philly hated us because we never hated on Boston. I don't even know what that means. I, I, I disagree. <laughs> like, I don't Why? Like, Okay, sure. Her brother said, the the brother Josh said, thank God Al is out of Philly, LMAO. Then he said, I can't lie. It was tough going from the legendary, weird Celtics Twitter to crybaby Sixers Twitter. Okay. That is just so immature. If I was Al, I'd be like, I'd be texting my family chat like, what are you guys doing? Like, that's so embarrassing, number one. Number two, they sound hurt. Like, what? the only point they're making is that they sound hurt because how many players get traded? This is not the first time. How many players not only get traded, how many players get cut and you don't hear their family rambling like this on social media? Like, it is so embarrassing. Like, they're acting like this is the first time this has ever happened. Like, move on. Like, And then the brother tweeted, I'm so happy Al got out of Philly. If you're happy, then why are you tweeting? Why do you sound so pressed? Also, I'm a Bucks fan. Why am I defending Philly like this? 
like if that's when you know that is when the you know. principle it's like I was reading it kind of just like oh, this is weird this is very weird hmm. they sound hurt like you know what I mean like they're not even like what are what is this like what are they getting out of it nothing like, at all and sometimes I do like to take a step back and be like okay um I'm not one to tell someone how to respond to like backlash because I did read some of the tweets I didn't read them on here but there were like some pretty like horrible things that people were saying to um Anna but she's also not innocent so it's like all of it was kind of just weird like I don't it wasn't giving it was so unnecessary like it was really really unnecessary and very like tasteless and one could argue, well, what about the people tweeting her? Okay, well, that that was pretty mean too. But with their position as the siblings of Al Horford, I feel like naturally, yes, it looks bad on them. But also, I do have to say, I do not condone any type of social media hate. But like, even I get it. Like, I literally have trolls that tweet me and, like, try to argue with me on Twitter. Like, everyone gets social media hate, especially her, where she does have a following because she brands herself as Al Horford's sister. So, she brands herself as that, so she has a following. So, when you go out and you tweet something, meanwhile, sports fans are the best and the worst people ever. Like, I've had sports fans tweet me crazy things but like you have to ignore it that's just like what comes with the territory like which is horrible to say but and then you tweeting that wow like you're talking smack about this not even the team of philly like philly in general like what what do you like what do you expect it's bad to say but what do you expect when you're in she put herself in the public figure as al horford's sister she's not like a random fan tweeting this so it would be different so when you're over here talking smack like what do you expect like it's horrible to say but like Everyone gets hate, like, what do you expect? And then she's going to reply to everyone. Like, I think she likes the attention. Not, I think. She does. And I don't know what she's doing, but it's embarrassing. And Al needs to go take her phone away. (laughs) Not take her phone away. You know that meme of The Simpsons where, um, oh, my God, I don't even know the daughter's name. That's horrible. I feel like that's very telling of how young I am because I don't watch The Simpsons. But the... The daughter, she's like on the computer and Marge, the mom, huh, I know her name, is behind her and it's like a blurb that says, log off, sweetie. Like, you're done for the day. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what has to happen. You are done for the day. I'm glad it's over. It was very, um, I just, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all, obviously, because I am from Philly and I'm a Philly fan. And I was just like, well, that's rude. Like, it's rude. It's <laughs> being rude. But hey, Philly got what they wanted, and that's all that matters. If we're being honest. And they're pressed, so. And I, I hope, I really hope that they find what they are looking for in Oklahoma City. Okay? Because <laughs> I want everyone to find their peace, okay? And if it's not here, then so be it. That is okay. All I have to say is, OKC, please, please watch out for her. (laughs) Do not get on her bad side because she will tweet about you. (laughs) And Philly fans aren't miserable. Do you think we're miserable? No, I don't think you are, but you have to remember, (laughs) I'm also also part of Dallas Cowboys Twitter. 
Oh my god. So so like my like my fan bases get so much hate too. Do you know what I mean? Honestly, it's a coping mechanism. I'm not even an annoying Cowboys fan. It really like is everyone, a coping mechanism. When everyone I... talks smack about you, like that's how I'm starting to hear with Yanis because there is a lot of di- as much as respect there is on Yanis's name, there's a lot of disrespect. When you hear it over and over from people who don't even know what they're talking about, that's what happens. So no, I totally get it. That's one thing we can really relate. And also, I will say, Philly fans aren't the only basketball fans who were kind of pushing for Al Horford to not be in Philly anymore. So, like, it wasn't he just wasn't good. Us. Exactly. That's, that's you he know what? Good. Like, that is the main idea of this entire conversation. What are we arguing about? If the facts are that he was not good, why are you mad at us? For stating the facts, maybe the delivery was harsh. Okay, I'll give you that. I will give you that. But if you pay someone to do a job and they do it poorly, how would you respond? Especially in the sports world where sports fans, like you said, is different over here. Add being from Philly on top of that, it grows. So it's like, what? I, I'm, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I was just genuinely confused when I was seeing all the the frustration. I'm like, but it's not coming. This is why I said Philly fans can be brutal, but most of the time it's coming from a place of reason. You know who else gets hate? Carson Wentz. Are his Does he have siblings? Well, his family, not that I know of, are on Twitter going back and forth with trolls. It's it's hor- it's a bad look. Like also your brother was not good. Like what are you defending? I'm sorry. Like I just can't like hopefully he does good in OKC so they don't have to face the wrath of his siblings. I don't really know what to say. Yeah, I like honestly I really do hope that they all get what they're looking for in OKC. It was like for what? Like what was this for? For attention? I have no idea. Like it's just and then I feel bad for Al because now, like, she's associated with him. So that directly goes on his name kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But he has to know, like, because uh, also it's not just her. It was her, um, their other sibling as well, Josh. I mean, I'm sure Al's grown. He he probably don't care about any of this Twitter nonsense. If we're being honest, like, a lot of people, because I don't, I don't follow Al on social media, but I don't think he's pretty active on Twitter. He probably either he don't know or he don't care. I hope for his sake he don't care. He's not active because I literally went to check. Did he favorite any of these tweets? He didn't. I hope for his sake that he does not care. Yeah, he is very much above. He probably has no idea what's going on, honestly. And and you know what? That's the best. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. You know, keep it that way. He don't need. He don't need to know nothing. (laughs) Yeah, literally. But. Outside of that, I also want to point out that the Sixers did acquire Seth Curry as well in a trade that sent Josh Richardson. I'm really sad about that. It sent away Josh Richardson and the 36th pick of the draft to the Dallas Mavericks. So I am sad to see Josh Richardson go. I liked seeing him with the Sixers. But um, I am excited to see Seth Curry play with the Sixers because he'll be playing under his father-in-law, Doc Rivers. Yeah, I'm ex- I love when that happens. Like, I love when, like, we were talking about before, like, brothers and stuff. Like, I love when family mixes. Yeah. See what the dynamic will be like, if it improves or kind of hurts 
the performance. So all in all, I think good moves were made on both ends. So I'm I'm glad that the six I'm thank God for Daryl Morey. I'm glad he did what he had to do. And for the Bucks, um, you know, it's gonna take a while for that three first round picks to digest, but it is nice that you guys have Drew Holiday. I will say that. Yeah, we just need to find that one player to fill in <laughs> that we thought was bogged and stuff, but it's cool. <laughs> all is well everywhere else. Yes, all is well. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning into episode 13 of Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify and make sure that you're following us on social media at DYCT Podcast. Again, that's DYCT. CT podcast and you will hear from us next week.